But so that you always are we on already? What do you mean are we on? We didn't do the elevator yet. I'm already ask questions. See, can we do it pro- properly? I haven't started yet. See, I'm just ask. rambling right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting I'm all the. I'm gonna hold my question back for a second. <clears throat> yeah, because I have a question about that too. You ready? Yes, Diana. Since you wanna. <laughs> this is gonna be spicy. Everyone has a tell. unique gift, and Mike and Diana, host of the One Life podcast, believe that most people don't know how to use she, their she's gifts the boss or of the what show they too. are. Mike and Diana want you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities, and creates an equal playing field yes, for all. For On the One Life podcast, they cover topics like. Building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life Podcast to your playlist. That's the number one in e-life. Available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and your favorite podcast platform. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike Reed, and as always, I have my lovely co-host, the lovely Diana from Socialholic in the building, you guys. And we're in the building, and we're going to the elevator in the lobby. We have Danny with Danny Alexander Interiors with us. And we are, guess where we're heading today? We're heading to the top floor with Danny to discuss why our interior spaces should not only look good, but feel good, and how it has an emotional emotional effect on our well-being. Absolutely. I really, I really believe that, um, and, and I feel that with my house as well. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> we gotta go help him today. Yeah, we got, we got. I need help. I need help. Yes. I need help. <laughs> I'm coming but, over after this. But first, we're gonna uh, check in with Diana with the socialholic experience. Tell us what's going on in AV, Diana. All right. So a couple events. Um, I have not posted yet on socialholic, but this. They don't Saturday, have to go out today, though. No, this Saturday, okay, August thirteenth. <laughs> so tomorrow is uh, the grand opening club vip it's on the 848 lancaster boulevard it's a i don't know it's some kind of club going on so i thought i'd put that out there ladies are free before 11 p.m um it's off of vip underscore saturdays underscore av so check it out uh let's see what else and they have bottle service the next one i wanted to talk about was the live sunday sessions at bravery brewing um, it's they play funk, jazz, soul. It's the first Sunday of every month from three to six p.m. So the first one coming up is August fourteenth this Sunday. So if you like funk, if you like jazz, if you like soul, that is the place to be. And then, last but not least, do not forget about um, our sipping shop at Sassy coming up. It is just for ladies, y'all. Sorry. We um, need to have a discussion about this. Uh, <laughs> Let me get the... Miss Amanda. Wait, no, because I like that it's for ladies. There's no, you guys models. just had an event over there the other day with just ladies. And so I looked what? at the video and I saw two guys in there. What, I was very the, the real estate? Yeah. It didn't say it was just ladies. Well, it said it was some women's thing. It's the thing. AV woman's real See, estate... They confuse, they confuse us. They confuse I us. I just... Women's real estate council. Yeah. It's amazing. But they welcome everybody and they love oh, it when men support. I would have loved to go there. Well... I didn't get an invite. So, Gabby, we need to talk about that. And that's not my fault. <laughs> and you saw, I mean, there's a bunch of it. So anyways, that's coming up this coming Thursday from 5 p.m., I think. Just message me. I have all the details. I'm a model, so I'm really excited. Hey, you know what you wear? No, but we get to go try on the clothes, I think, on Tuesday. 
or Monday, Monday, I go oh, try nice. on the clothes and pretend to walk and see if I'm comfortable. And then Thursday's the show. And you get a shop and sip and... I'm going to sit in the parking lot and watch from the windows. Ew, creepers. <laughs> <laughs> like, weird. That's weird. I'm just playing. I'm just, just playing. I'm just playing. On the wavelengths here. Those are the three dates for this coming week. I'm so excited. Right. There's so many more events, but there's only so much time I get to talk about stuff. So. All right. <laughs> That's good. Today's episode is sponsored by Eventually Events, where they create magical moments and take care of every detail so you can enjoy that special time in your life. To book your appointment, please check out the, their IG at Eventually Events and their phone number. What is your phone number? 949-544-9184. All right, y'all. So that is it. So today's topic is changing people's view one room at a time. And we have the lovely Danny with Danny Alexander Interiors with us today. How you doing? I'm so good. Thank I'm so you. happy to be here. Well, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. You said you've never been on a podcast, right? Never been on a podcast. Have you ever wanted to? Um, I think I've thought about it, but it's just been like a little out of my comfort zone. So when you reached out, I was like, okay, okay. Sure. We'll, let's try this. We'll give it a try. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. And you know, it's crazy because I'm excited today. So we can finally tell them because since we're here, right? Mm-mm. No. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Guess what, y'all? Guess what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> We are finally in the Hollywood Workroom Studios that presents the, the uh, One Life podcast, you guys, and I'm excited about this. I know it's just a blank wall. You guys can only see a blank wall right now, but we're actually going to uh, be making it into a full-out uh, recording studio, and it's going to be amazing. Um, so everybody in the Antelope Valley, you guys watch out. We coming. We coming for you. And it's kind of crazy that Danny is here with us. She's an interior designer. And it's the first us. show. Yeah. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. And so I want to know how, because I'm in the film industry. I've been in the film for over 30 years, right, as a film producer. And I can't watch TV without judging. Yeah, I get that. I, I think it's different, like we were talking about before. If I'm going to, into somebody's home, I'm not judging because I think, first of all, what somebody loves is going to be different from what somebody else right. loves. And so one thing that I like never push on my clients is like if they really love something, I'm not going to make them get rid of it, even mm-hmm. if I think it's like the hideous, the most hideous <laughs> thing right. in the world. You'll find um, a spot for it. Yeah, because like I said, like it's an emotional mm-hmm. thing for them mm-hmm. if they have like a piece that was passed down or something like that. So I just feel like if I'm going into somebody's home and they love it, I can't. I can't like judge it right. because it doesn't have anything to do with me. Right. It's about them and their feelings. And like you said, they're, it's connected to them somehow. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, people, you know, design is not something that everybody cares about. Yeah. It's not, it's just not. So, you know, to me, it's very important and I want things to like feel good and I want them to look good. But somebody else, they may just want to have furniture to sit on and that's perfectly okay. What, um, what got uh, you into interior design? Um, so, when I was in high school, I was trying to figure out like what I'm going to do, and I knew I wanted to do something artistic, but I didn't want to do like art, like painting okay. or anything like that. Um, and so I just started like researching. I ended up taking a design class, and then I just fell in love with it. Um, and then it was so different from what I thought it was when I actually got to school. A lot of people don't know this, but 
my, like my program that I took, it's des, it's a design program, but it's actually interior architecture. Oh. So designers are actually learning a lot of things that align with what people in an architecture program are mm-hmm. learning. It's not just like you learn how to pick out sofas, yeah. you know, like it's <laughs> it's like mixing patterns and understanding what like the emotions are behind a color, knowing um, like appropriate layouts for different spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very intense program. And that was really cool to me when I got there and I realized like it was so much more than decor because what's funny is I never wanted to do residential design. Like that was never in the plan. The plan was to do like bars, restaurants, hotels, and then I just kind of like stumbled into residential, which I actually ended up really liking. Um, And then that kind of got me to where I am now. And I'm doing a little bit of commercial, a little bit of residential, um, but I probably do more residential than anything. Mm -hmm. So. Nice. Why do you think that you like the residential more? Is like because it's more personal. It's definitely more personal. So when I first graduated from college, I was working for a commercial design firm, <clears throat> and it was just very much like do this, do this. Like I mean, obviously you have a job. Like people are going to tell mm-hmm. you to do things, but it wasn't emotional. There was no like connecting with people, which is something that I'm really good at. Um, I wasn't able to, like, feel the emotions of the client or, like, ask them questions. It was like I was just this little worker bee that needed to, like, put something into AutoCAD mm-hmm. or, like, do a tile drawing or something. Um, so it just it, – it wasn't – like, it was fun, but it just wasn't, like, an experience for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I actually ended up leaving that job and um, – working for a furniture store, which was never the plan, like in sales. Oh, wow. Um, and so, again, I had no residential design experience. When I was in school, all the projects were commercial except for one in four years. So four-year design program, all commercial, one residential. Mm-hmm. So I really was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing that, you know, it was a furniture store where you meet with people and you get into their home. So you do like a free consultation basically. And so it was like really fun for me because I started like getting to know people and people like, like my personality and we'd get to know each other and I would like know everything about them. Um, and then would, you know, ultimately try to sell them the furniture, um, which the sales (laughs) part was not something that I liked or even was ever really very good at. Um, but my clients always really loved me. And I also really loved like the mixing of like the fabrics and yeah. things like that. And I did work in a fabric store when I was in college. So um, it was just really good experience for me. I grew up a lot in that job. I learned like, sounds so silly, but I was like 23. I learned how to like dress myself professionally and talk mm-hmm. to people and, and all of that stuff. And so that's the job that led me to starting my business because I'm like, I really like this. I really like working with people. Um, I really like working with fabrics and furniture and layouts and doing all of these things directly with people instead of like being behind the scenes Mm -hmm. um, as just like a designer on staff Um, so it's a very different energy and it it gave me like a lot of confidence that I had never really had Um, and so then I just decided like I just I always joke that it was probably stupid but I did it anyway but I just decided one day like I'm gonna have my own business and I just like quit my job (laughs) and it wasn't always great like there were times where I had to go back to work or I had to ask for help from family or you know we all like go through those kinds of things um, but ultimately now, like, I finally feel like I'm running, you know, a business that I really love that is successful. Um, and it's still really hard. And I'm still adjusting and learning what things are not working and what things are working, how to work with people, how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, I'm learning every single day. So I have, but a, I have a question in, in that theory. Because sure. <clears throat> I'm a designer. What? I'm just kidding. What? what? I thought I was running this show. <laughs> I said I had a couple of questions. Didn't you know Diana's asking all the questions? Because she's a boss, I have to just throw mine in there. 
or I'll never get it in. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm about to go off trail real quick. Um, I see, do have a question. No, a question. no, no, I do have a question, but because I keep looking at you and you're so casual today. I know. I told her that. She's like, I got all dressed up here. And I was like, and I dressed down. Like, Sometimes I just you came just from can't. an event and I'm like exhausted and I just wanted to be comfy. So today was like, I'm just going casual lovers and friends. Uh, yeah, you know, that you got to have, you got to be well balanced. I'm not mad at it though. I just, it just threw me off because I keep looking at you. I'm like, and I thought about it. I was like, She's so dressed down today. I'm casual, like, probably 97% of the time. Anyways, so back to my question. Back to my question. So working with people, because, like I said, I, my um, background is um, graphic designs, right? Oh, So um, when you, how do you deal with, um, if you have a vision, like if someone hires you and they say, you know, know I'm about ask. to ask, right? <laughs> Every designer knows this, right? And they say, hey, I want to do this and that. And then you have this vision in your head, but then they fight you on it. It's like, look, you hired me because I'm a professional. Yes. I just do what I say. <laughs> yes. How do you deal with that? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. That's probably one of the hardest things. Yeah. I think you just, it's a constant practice of like setting your ego aside mm -hmm. um, and explaining like what the emotional benefits are, maybe showing them like a visual, like a rendering or something, you know, so this is what you want to do and I want to show you what this would look like and then this is what I would do and I want to mm -hmm. show you what it would look like because nine times out of ten, they'll see it visually and they'll say, oh, because right. I think what a lot of people do is they're Googling and they're on Pinterest and they're like looking at all these photos. And then when they show it to me, it's like, that's not practical for your space. Right. Do I want you to have it because you love it? Yes. But what if we did this instead? Mm -hmm. Like, what if we went in this direction? And sometimes people fight me on it and sometimes it's hard, you know, but I just have to remind myself, like, it's not about my portfolio. It's not about <laughs> what I want. It's about what they want. And I do like, I really do want people to love it. Like, mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, that ego, like, it's gonna, like, put it, you And, know? you know, for me, like, because, <clears throat> so mine's just graphically, right? So it's like billboards, posters, books, yes. whatever, album, you know, whatever. So logos. I'm always, huh? Logos. Yeah, logos. So, <laughs> but for me, it is a, I know you say you got to put your ego aside, but when someone says, hey, who did that? My name is attached to it. Oh, totally. Right? So yeah. it's like, I did because I've had a few customers in the past where it's like, I'm not going to do that because my name is attached to it. 100%. And I know that's not going to come out right. 100%. I know it's not. So yes. I had to quit jobs because I'm like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, you got to yeah. have somebody else. I think sometimes you do have to walk away and that gets harder. Well, it's been hard for me in the past, but mm -hmm. now it's a lot easier. Um, and I think it's different, you know, when I was younger, it was a lot harder for me to sort of stand up for myself and say like, this is what it needs to be. Um, and I think definitely if I'm working on like a business project or something where I'm going to get like a lot of like press mm -hmm. or something like that, it's definitely in the back of my mind. And you, I kind of have to find that balance. Like, I don't want to be a jerk, right. but I also want to be like, look, this is going to look terrible. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. And so it's just a practice. Like sometimes I do a really good job and sometimes like dealing with people and guiding them through the process and sometimes I do it and I look back on it and I'm like I should not have said that thing or I should not have do, done mm -hmm. that that way or um so it's like a constant like evolving for me as far as like working with people mm -hmm. and being confident and it's funny that you bring this up because about three months ago every single one of my clients was questioning me mm -hmm. and my decisions it was really weird and I really like to look at that when the universe is like shoving things in my mm -hmm. face like that when it's like five or six clients that are calling me and they're like 
agonizing over choosing a sofa. Like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm also like, it's a sofa. Like, we need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, nobody's going to die if we choose the wrong sofa, you know? Um, but it's just a constant practice in being more confident. And so I looked at myself. I'm like, what is happening here, Danny? Mm. Like, something is going on. All of these people are questioning your decisions. They're terrified of making the wrong decision. That's one thing that shows up a lot in my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they're spending a lot of money, mm-hmm. not only on me, but on the furniture, on the decor, on the paint, you know, on the professionals that are going to pull it all together. And it's scary. And so I really like try to put myself in their shoes and be like, they're terrified of making the wrong decision. And then I ask myself, like, if this continues to show up in this way for me, I must be lacking confidence. Like I, when I'm presenting it to them, even though I feel like I'm like putting on this like I'm put like trying on confidence, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, really like I'm confident if they keep reflecting this to me, there must be something inside mm. of me that is almost like asking for it, yeah. if that makes sense. So I was like meditating and journaling and like, you know, asking from help from like spirit over and over and just be like, please show me like what is happening. And when I really looked at myself, I realized like, it's me. I still after you know nine years of being in business still have moments where I question myself Mm -hmm. and so if I can be more confident and really step into that and really look at myself and be like Danny you have a lot of experience you've been through a lot of stuff emotional stuff stuff not even related to design that has gotten you where you are so if you can step up and really be confident and really share your gift in a confident way these people will not question you Mm -hmm. But because it kept showing up like that, it was like, eventually I have to look at myself. Like I always tell people to do that. Like I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. It's like, if people are questioning your decisions, look at yourself. If there's other things like maybe like you're not making a lot of money and like, let me give you a really good example. Mm -hmm. Let's say that, because I've been through this before. Let's say your clients are not paying you. Like they're waiting a long time. They're waiting until like Mm -hmm. it's past due or you have to check in with them. Like, will you pay me? Will you pay me? Will you pay me? what in you doesn't feel worthy of that money? Mm-hmm. Because when it really comes down to it, it actually has nothing to do with the people that are not paying you. I think you look internally. If you can understand that you deserve to be paid and you've done a great job, people will pay you and it mm-hmm. won't be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to necessarily always make it my fault. I don't think about it like that, but I think that everything starts with you and your right. energy. Mm-hmm. And if you can like turn the mirror in on yourself and see like this pattern keeps happening in my life Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. Like what is my responsibility in this pattern? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, it's like, it's undeniable at some point. It's Mm -hmm. like when things keep happening and you're like, really? (laughs) Like I'm dealing with this again. Um, almost, you know, nine times out of 10, I can journal about it or just really like reflect and look at it. And it almost always comes down to me. And then when I'm able to sort of shift that energy, everybody around me starts like acting like they're supposed to, you know, uh, when, uh, <laughs> sounds crazy, but like, you know, no, you're, you're right. Because when, when I first started, uh, working in the TV film, uh, I actually had a graphic design company like maybe eight years prior to that. So, um, uh, <clears throat> when I started working in film, my executive, who's one of my mentors, um, he taught me that I had to start producing people, right? Mm. So even with like a lot of my clients in the industry, I have repeat clients all the time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of gotten to know my clients and nine times out of 10, every time I did something, they would always have me change it like six or seven times. Mm. And then guess what? They always had me pick that first one. Oh, oh that's go the back worst. To the original. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, right? But I had to learn how to do that, right? <laughs> yes. And I, so... From that moment on, and that's what he was trying to tell me, you got to produce them. So now from that moment on, when I realized that, I started doing designs. Like, So I'll give everybody like maybe five or six different looks of something. Like I said, logo, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But I'll make the first five 
look like whatever <laughs> to where I'm guiding them to pick the one I want. Got so it. that six one is the one I want. And it's I'm like so very I'm, obvious. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. you got to pick this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. You know, it's like producing people. So that's, I mean, I, I know that's probably easier yeah. in my line of work, but. I don't know. It's it's similar. I mean, that happens all the time. Like they want to change. Like what happens a lot is, um, I've learned that like I'll send over like some concept mm-hmm. ideas or something, and somebody will look at it and they'll say I love it, and then they, right. I maybe leave them alone for like three days, mm-hmm. and then they start like the wheels start turning. They're like, what if we try this? And I found this lighting, and I found, and they start getting involved, um, which can be really hard, like to kind of take the pro like yeah. back charge of the project. And it's not that I don't want them to be involved, but people like I say this in the nicest way like people don't always know what they're doing like it's you know because that's why they hired me and so what will happen a lot of times is we make a lot of changes and then they're like upset because they don't like it anymore so I just always have to sort of like guide people Mm -hmm. um and like you said like it's it's sort of like I'm not just design it's like you're paying me to manage you and like make sure that we're staying on track well because yeah because like you said if you give them too much time they thinking way they overthinking it at that point totally that's why I always tell people just sleep on it live see if you wake up in the morning they're like we're getting back to it because if you give them too much time they're gonna start overthinking it like you said they're gonna say oh well I found this well I found that and it's like okay let's go back to the basics back to the original plan yes and one thing about design or like let's just use like a living room for example like if I send over a design, they'll love it when they look at it. Mm-hmm. But then they start looking at the individual pieces yeah. and they're like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that. And they start like picking it apart. And it's like the individual item. It's not that I don't want you to like it, but I don't need you to love every individual yeah. item because it's what it looks like together. Right. Yeah. Like it's one piece. Like design is a unit. That's yeah. why people often come to me because they've tried like, oh, I worked on this corner or I picked the paint color. I picked the sofa and then they can't get it to all work together mm-hmm. because they picked it individually. But what you get when you work with a designer is we can see the whole thing mm-hmm. often before we pull it together. It's like in my head, I already right. can see like what the paint color looks like with the sofa, with the pillows, with the lighting. And so when you get really hung up on individual items, it does not serve you and it does not serve the space. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just, you gotta guide people mm-hmm. you know, back and remind them like, we don't need to obsess about this item right. because it's not about the item. It's actually about the whole space. It's mm-hmm. like, I say like design is an art and a science mm-hmm. and you need to have that like perfect balance. And if you start switching out items for like, if you send me something like, oh, I saw this chair and it's amazing we put in the design and you don't like it. Well, that makes sense that you don't like mm-hmm. it because it was picked outside of the unit. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that people can't have like revisions. Like I will work with people um, like a lot of designers will say, like, you get three revisions, you get more, no more. I'm not going to do that because which is hard because sometimes my yeah. boundaries are stretched and I feel like I'm being taken advantage of every once in a while. But ultimately, like, if if I have this strict boundary where I'm like, well, I gave you three sofa options and you can't have four. It's like, that's not a good experience, right. no, <laughs> you know, no. like, and so, and it really just comes back to me and my confidence and me guiding them in the correct direction. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I answered your question because I went on a little bit of no, a you did that, there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you feel that the reason why it becomes uh, an inner battle for you, do you feel like you um, deal with like imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh. Yes. Absolutely. I think that's an, as an artist, though, I think that's something that because we're creative people and, and we, you know, we're sensitive, you know, it's art. That's art. That's a piece of us in, in our designs. You know, I, I so the, the little fun fact is the reason why I think we connected so well, 
first of all, Gabby from our mm-hmm. room is why we're, we, 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 yes. we met. Thank you, Gabby. Um, thank you, Gabby. <laughs> uh, but we met for coffee and our, our stories are very similar. Like mm-hmm. I worked at a furniture store, you know, I've sold, you know, curtains and I yes. went to interior design and all that fun stuff, but I went a different direction and went into weddings and event design. But I think as a creative person, that's our outlet. That's a piece of us. And we have, it's so hard not to take it personal. To not so feel hard. like you're attacking me because it's a part of me. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is such, like I have chills because it's so accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just imposter syndrome, but like just in general, like not believing in yourself or yeah. like not, um, like it's taking me years and years of like deep healing work to really be like, okay, Danny, like you're good at this. Mm-hmm. You deserve to be paid for this. Um, and also it's never good enough for me. Yeah, Like it does not matter what project it is. Like there is always something I'm like, that needs to be hung higher. Or like that was a little the wrong color or y- there's just, there's yeah. so many like mm-hmm. little elements that I'm probably never going to be like fully <laughs> happy with it because yeah. I have such high standards. Um, so I think as creatives, like we don't let ourselves win. Mm-hmm. Like we never let ourselves like, oh, I nailed that. Mm-hmm. So I've been like really working on that the last couple of years, like, you know, people tell us like we're good at things like mm-hmm. I'm sure people tell you like oh my gosh you're such a good like wedding planner or designer or whatever it is and you never really hear it, it like goes in yeah. one ear and out the other like I'm you never let yet. yourself I'm not done yet it, no I, like that's nothing I, once yeah. I accomplish a goal I'm always looking for the next five goals and people are like can you just sit your ass down and fucking <laughs> no. relax and I'm like I can't like my I'm in perfectionist I have OCD I have ADD yes. <laughs> all these issues as as artists yeah and you know I worked in flower design and I'm like the person that has to put the Yes. freaking flower in oh the right gosh. perfect spot and people are like it's no one cares I'm like yeah I care it feels very important it does like it's and it feels very personal um and that's why working with clients can be hard sometimes mm-hmm. because um and that's a big thing for me like as I started getting busier it's like oh my gosh there's all these people to disappoint mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I have all of these people mm-hmm. at one time I'm like trying to hold up all these plates um and the last couple of months it's been like sometimes I do mess up and I make a mistake or I don't handle a client the right way or I drop a ball I I promise something and then I forget you know those things happen and it's actually been a good thing and a blessing because I've been able to own up and say I did mess that up Mm -hmm. um instead of like in the past maybe not necessarily not taking credit for a mistake but just being afraid to be like I did mess that up Mm -hmm. I did do that um and And so the response is so different though when you own it yeah you own that like you know what man I'm I'm I fucked up. I'm yeah. really sorry. Like let me try to fix it or you know whatever it is. They they can't get too mad when you are genuinely apologetic and no. you're like and I'm everybody's gonna... been like very nice. Like mm-hmm. once you really say like and it could be something little. It could be like I promised it on Friday and I got it to them the following Wednesday and it's like I'm really sorry. Like I'm a human. I'm still trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, how long these things take and I'm balancing a lot of things. So um, yeah, it's just been like a constant for me, like forgiveness of myself because think, it's never going to be good enough in my, in I think my clients eyes. forget though, when you, especially when you have your own business and as an entrepreneur, they forget we're people, they forget yes. that we have lives outside of our business. They, yes. they, they, uh, look at us like our business. Oh, we are like, for me, I'm walking eventually events. You're walking, you know, yes. Danny Alexander interior design, but it turns off at some point and it, it needs yes. to sometimes we don't sometimes we take it home and we're work. i mean i'll be on uh, on my phone till two o'clock in the morning doing stuff yes. sending emails that will be sent at 8 a.m 8 a.m so i know it's done you know i have a lot of friends that are like that and i feel like we have to find our our way to detach just for a moment for our own mental health 
Mm-hmm. Um, because if not, well, once we go spiraling, <laughs> yeah. everybody's going to be that. affected. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, it's really hard. So I think, like for me, I, I learned how to do that real fast and real quick, um, just being in television, because... He's out. <laughs> no, but no, I'm talking, well, I'm speaking of like making a mistake and being okay with it, right? I had to accept that because in film, like things, they move very fast, right? And, it, and I'm pretty sure in weddings, pressure. like, like you do, you have a, you have a deadline, right? Yeah. The wedding is coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure there's been like some weddings where you had to um, mask some stuff where you wouldn't have probably done that if you had a week, but you had literally hours and yeah. you had to mask something, but no one knew, right? Because I actually had that experience. <laughs> right, well, yeah. But I mean, because I actually had this experience and, and, and this happened like 20 years ago and it still sticks with me to today because <clears throat> I was working on a set and um, uh, one of my colleagues um, was editing something and this, this door on set was left open right and he was like uh like he t- he said close the door and i was like well one it's too late we already shot it right so i was trying to edit it and make it look like i put a curtain behind the door so you couldn't see like mm. backstage right so i did that and he was like that don't look right like he, he was trying to take me to do some stuff and i was like well, first of all the audience is never gonna know they're not going to look past that door. They're not even going to know if the door is supposed to be open or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, little things. And, and I was <laughs> on a, you know. Right. He was like, but I know. I said, it's like killing you, don't, you, on the inside, you don't yeah. count. Mm-hmm. Like, you're here <laughs> you working count. on it with me because you know, but, yeah. you know what I mean? Just be on those bloopers. It, it's one of those little things. The circle of things that were wrong in filming. You know, yeah, but no one. Because on the, the viewers, they don't know. No. That's why I said when I watch TV, like, I pick up on things, right? Mm-hmm. But something like that, the viewer would never know. And I was on a timeline and it had to get done i was like dude i can't i don't have another minute to waste on this right so i had to get it done right but he kept like he was literally mad at me he was super mad because he, he was working on a project with me and mm-hmm. i was like dude it's okay like but that's why you're so like when we did socialholic you were so like more content is better than than two than less than because you can always fill in because i remember when we were doing the shoot he was like you need to do more, do more, yeah. do more, do more. Because if something is missing, we have it. Yeah, I have something to go to, to or, or fill, or yeah, I have something mm-hmm. to work with. So like, you, it's like that's the professional. You yeah. learn from that. And you're like, I need extra footage just yeah, in case. Just in case. Get get that again, just in case it's wrong or something. So, and I think what's so key is is like it's our eye. Like mm. I don't know about you, yes. but like when I'm doing weddings, and I talked on. about this at the last at the last podcast. Like I notice like the smallest, like the napkins are hanging crooked a little bit. It drives me insane because I know that it's going to be photographed and I'm going to see it for the rest of my life. It's a blessing. And I hit it. Yes, right. it is. And like I was saying, when I go in someone's house for interior design part, like I'll, I'm the one that fixes the pictures, you know, make yes. it straight. Or I'm the one that's like, you know what I would do in this room, you know, or something. And it's restaurants, same thing. I'm just oh my like, gosh. Oh, wait, why you don't like my crosses though? Because they're not yours. They are mine. You told me they were somebody else's. No, no, we got them together when we when we was I traveling. You need to sanitize your house. <laughs> you need to do you personalize the house but from some people. That's I get that, but I like, didn't know they were yours too. I thought they were hers. You said she loved. She had a thing for crosses. So oh that to no, me but I did too, sense. though. I mean, like you see, I got crosses everywhere. Okay. Like, well, I would restage them somewhere then. Oh, okay. Not so many. No, I have this I, wall in my house, right above my one of my fireplaces. I have two fireplaces. So in my living room, humble brag. 
I know that was like I just I had two. I have two fireplaces. I have three. <laughs> they're not well, all built have, in, but technically, they're there. technically, I have three too. If you want to count my bedroom. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! How many do but, you have? Are we having a fireplace I, contest right now? I have one fireplace. Okay. Anyways, so I have in my living room. <laughs> that's why you're choking us, God. <laughs> no, it's you. I'm laughing at you. In my living room, I, above my mantle, I have this wall just full of crosses mm. that every time we went, it was my ex, every it's time we went podcast. somewhere. She can go back on Jonathan's podcast or someone's podcast. It's right there. I'm just explaining okay, like sorry. what the crosses was. <laughs> like there are different crosses from like get the tea. I don't we went to Mexico time. or wherever we went. Like we you just, got a cross. Like, yeah. yeah. And they all like different. They like one cross. Souvenirs, crosses. husband and wife. Anyways. So cute. I would restage them somewhere else. They don't look nice. Where they at? No. <laughs> because, okay, so wait a minute. So like, the wait a minute. Be, on this one. Because it's because it's my ex. I just think you need to change. No, is it because my? So what if I traveled personally and I got him? Would it have been nice? Mm, there's like thirty. It's a lot. It is a lot. I would, I would but they're all different sizes. They're all different sizes. I mean, if it means we talked about this earlier, if it means something to you, I would. And it gives you him. like the warm fuzzies, then. I mean, I just like crosses. I would restage it. And you know what? Because it's the it's the artist in me. Because they was they're all handmade. So it's the creativity gotcha. of it. Like I was like, oh wow, that's nice. Like I like that. They're not some like some cheap plastic thing. Some people collect coffee thing. mugs. Some people collect shot glasses. Mike collects crosses. I do. I love God. Okay. There you go. I'm here because of him. <laughs> <laughs> You're running the show. Go ahead. Apparently, I'm not. <laughs> Mr. Multiple Fireplaces. <laughs> we have great Two. chemistry. Yes. yes do. I don't know why I said that. I said that. it was going to be spicy. I, I don't know why I said it. What, I, like the point of the whole thing? No, my uh, fireplace. Like why I oh. had to say it. Like, like, we, know you know, internally you need to tell people. I'm cooler than you. No, it's fireplaces. not that. When I get cold, I got two fireplaces. It's, it's, it's not that. No, it wasn't that. I don't know why I said it. It just kind of just came out. That's just like an extra, a nice little extra detail that you, you wanted to share. How many living rooms do you have? Let's say that too. Let's talk about that. I have one living room and one family room. <laughs> How about that? And it had, and only only uh, the family room has furniture. You know that my living room has no furniture in it. I know that's Casper's room. You have dogs? No, have Casper two has cats. cats. Casper actually has his own bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He's living the life. He is. Yeah. He has his own bed. I would love a dog. Memory foam bed. Like, he has his own bed. Why no dog? I just can't talk Mason into it. <laughs> Mason? What's You're wrong with you? Mason. Well, people don't like dogs. Something's honestly, wrong. I love dogs. Just kidding. <laughs> Our cat, no, he, lo- he loves dogs, but he's afraid to, like, get a dog because we have two cats, and they're, like, the highest maintenance. Like, you would never know that they were cats. Like, they wake us up at like 3 30 in the morning <gasps> meowing like i have to go downstairs and feed them and then go back to bed every oh morning so like if i go to bed at midnight it's like you i have to wake them up to train you i mean what am i they literally one of them will punch me in the face and i'm not joking like he uh, will slap me in the so face they, they won't they won't go for that food thing that guy goes off at three in the morning and feeds them well that would be dry food and mm-hmm. one of, this is like not what i expected to talk about <laughs> hey, cats. but one of them has a little <laughs> bit got- of a weight problem and he cannot have dry food so we're bougie oh. and he has wet food Aww. i have to like but is it a special it food thing. no he used to be on diet food but he's not okay. anymore yeah Aww. 
So anyway, I have to get up in the morning and open the can. Scoop oh. it out. You're such a good cat mom. I know. So he has to see all that. Is it a he? Yeah. He I, we have a boy that. and a girl. So, okay. So he has to see all that. Yeah. And sometimes he'll wake me up like earlier than that. And I'm like, no, we're sleeping for at least 30 more minutes. Can't handle this. Jeez, man. If you close the door, they cry outside the door. Um, they play fetch. Like, I'm not joking. They, they play fetch. So we basically have a dog. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. <laughs> but I would like a dog Your one cats day. have humans. Let's yeah. say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Totally. You guys totally, have a TikTok totally. page with that. Oh, my gosh. Especially if they're playing fetch. That's yeah. cute. They're like little, they have little personalities for yeah. sure. Isn't it great? Like, I have a stupid dog and I have a really smart dog. <laughs> and I love my really smart dog. My stupid dog. I just told Wait, you, which I one is you which? I hate you. Because all, all I know is the, uh, the, the nice dog. one and the killer. Yeah. That's, she has a killer dog. He's the stupid dog. Yeah, he's dumb. Look, the other day, he had a, the other day, he sniffed me. He had a muzzle on. He had a muzzle on because he can't be around people without a muzzle. Oh, that wow. should tell you right there he's a killer. Yeah. So he sniffed me, right? And I was like, oh, okay, he cool, cool. And, and her husband, Mike, had him on a leash. <laughs> so he sniffed me, and then he tried to turn, then he jumped at me. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Attack him. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Well, Sorry. it's funny oh, that wow. you say that because we, so we have two. One's name is Kitty and one's name is Goose. <laughs> We're very creative with our name choices. Is Goose from like Top Gun? Yes. Oh. Well, okay. It's actually from the Marvel movie that, of course, now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of it. Like it's technically <laughs> from Top Gun, but I didn't think about it until I saw the movie where they named the cat Goose. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God. We have to name, because we're about to get a kitten. We have to name a goose. Oh. Um, but Kitty is like, she's wild. She's calmed down a lot, but like she'll swipe at you, like if she's cranky or like, mm. like we had. Um, she get their feet when you're walking? Yeah, like she'll do stuff <gasps> like that sometimes. Or like she'll le- leap at you. It's so weird. I don't know how like, because I've had her since she was a baby, and I don't feel like there was any like traumatic experiences mm. or anything, right. but like she's crazy. Um, but she's calmed down a lot, but my dad um, is staying with us like he's in town for a little while and um the other day he's like i came out of my room and she was sitting there in the dark i saw this like figure in the dark and then she leapt at me and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry is she what color is she she's um like tortoise shell <gasps> which they are apparently notorious for having really bad attitudes mm. so that's her but she loves me i can do no wrong like i can pick her up oh, that's and like Diana. Like <laughs> Did you get that on video? I got that on tape. <laughs> I can do no wrong. Oh my gosh. But they're both they're both sweet. Daggers. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> He's ready after the fireplace comment. Or the cross yeah. comment. He started. <laughs> I'm all about honesty, you know. You ain't gotta fake the funk with me. Life's too short. Anyway, so back to uh, So I wanna know we always ask this question. Okay. Well, I know you weren't not originally from here. Yes. Because we're from Orange County. Yes. But, like, why, inter- like, where it got you here to AV inter design here, the story here? So. I know the story, but let's tell the audience. <laughs> so you want, like, the whole I, background? I don't I know the, the whole story. background. So I grew up in Dallas, and um, for anybody who knows that area, next to Dallas is Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me and Mason, I think we've been together almost seven years now. So when we met, we moved to Fort Worth together because he'd got a new job. And then they called and they were like, you can go to Florida or you can go to California. Like, we're going to transfer you. Where do you want to go? And we were both like, we want to go to California. And so this was Palmdale Lancaster was the California that he was going to be moving to. Um, 
And like, um, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joshua Trees. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Joshua Trees. Okay, good. I really do. I don't know what it is. I think they're so cool. And palm trees, like, I think it's mm. so cool. So you should have went to like Palm Springs. I know. Um, yeah, I wasn't, we weren't, this was never the plan, like, to be here. Like, we never thought that would happen. But I always knew I never wanted to live in the same place my whole life. And mm. to be honest, we probably won't live here. Like, I think we're probably going to do, like, two or three more years. And then we're going to, we're getting married next year. So we don't want to move the same year that we're getting married. Um, I don't know why. That's a lot of stress. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and we don't know where we're going to move or if he's going to stay at the same job or what we're going to do. Um, but, yeah, within the first week of moving here, <laughs> this is the story, um, I almost went blind within the first week of moving oh here. Um, so it's it's a long story, but I'll try to summarize it. Mm. So I had been having like a lot of headaches, migraines when we were back in Dallas and or in Fort Worth. And um, I was kind of like in denial, like I thought it was fine. Like my the women in my family have always had migraines. It started for them later, you know, later in life, like when they were like 25, 26. And I think at this point I was like 28. Um, so I'm like, oh, that's probably what it is. But I was having them like every single day and like Advil, like wouldn't touch it, you know, like it wouldn't touch it. Um, but, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, it'll go away. It'll be fine. And then we moved here and I woke up one day and I like could not see. Oh um, it wasn't like my vision was not completely gone, um, but it was really very much blurry yeah. and like there was like big holes almost like black patches you know and so I still was in denial at this point I'm like you know it's probably just because I haven't been wearing the right prescription like I haven't been taking care of my eyes I've been to the eye doctor and so I went to one of those like at the AV mall I went to the um just like the place you walk in and like you can get glasses mm -hmm. or whatever and so they're like doing the tests and like then lens crafters yes yes um I don't know why I didn't like try to go to re regular doctor, like an eye doctor, like mm -hmm. a specialist. But at this point, I just thought like I needed a new prescription. Um, but what had actually happened to get me in there was we had gone to Universal Studios. So it's like our first week here. We're super excited. I had a friend in town. Go to Universal Studios. And if you've been there, there's like the Harry Potter ride where you like mm. go underground and it's really dark. Oh, yeah. And so we step in there and I Mason's walking in front of me and I'm like, Mason, I can't see and he's always had like worn glasses and had terrible vision. So he's like, I can't see. And I'm like, no, literally, like I cannot see. Um, I cannot see anything. I need you to like hold my hand and pull me. And so that's when I really was like, okay, Danny, like we're not messing around anymore. Like you need to go to the doctor. And so then, yeah, I walked into one of those places and they had done some tests. Like they did like um, the colorblindness test. Mm -hmm. And she was like, honey, I think you're colorblind. <laughs> and I'm like, um, my be. profession pretty much <laughs> maybe people have been lying to me this whole time <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a really bad job right. um, and so I'm like panicking and the doctor comes in and he sits me down and he gets like this very like serious look on his face and he's like um, so tell you based on the photos <laughs> of the photos we took of your eye you know you have something pressing on your brain um, and it's really important that you go to the doctor like oh yesterday you know like it's that you go now and at that time, I had no insurance. We had just moved here. I'm working for myself. Um, and so I'm freaking out. Um, thank God my grandparents were able to kind of, like, jump in and help me get some of the basic, like, serious tests, like MRI and things like that, which I'll be forever grateful for. Um, so long story short, got a bunch of tests to rule some things out. They didn't find anything. And what it ultimately ended up being is something called pseudotumor cerebri, which translates to fake tumor. 
So what that means is my brain and body react as if I have a tumor, but I don't have one. So what it ha- what happens is your spinal fluid raises in your brain. So I have too much fluid, like more fluid than we need in our brain. So that pushes on your optic nerves, mm-hmm. and it was pushing on them so hard that it was like my vision was not, you know, was mm-hmm. very, very, very blurry. Um, and so there's a lot of questions around what really causes it. A lot of times it's kind of like a diagnosis on the way to another diagnosis. Like some people end up having like something else, like along the lines, like autoimmune or something like that. But once we reeled out that I didn't have a tumor, you know, we obviously felt a lot better Mm -hmm. because there was like a solid, you know, that's the worst part about going through the kind of medical stuff like that is anytime you need an answer for something, it takes like a week. So like you take the MRI and then it takes a week to find out. And so there was at one point where... I remember like I was sitting on my patio and I was like, Danny, like I was kind of talking to myself. I'm like, it's very possible that you might die because we didn't at that point, like we didn't know if it was like a tumor, if it was like they're going to rush me to surgery. Like we had no idea what was going on. So that was definitely like a turning point in my life. It was like something shifted in me where I was like, this is very serious. Um, And so when I found out it it was something that was not necessarily treatable, um, but something that wasn't going to like kill me. It was like a life changing, mm-hmm. like empowering sort of experience. Did it change? Like, I'm sorry, my mic no, went out. Okay. Did it change? Um, like your entire like. You know, people will say when they when they face death, they end up having all these things they have to do, like a bucket list. Yeah, I I think it was more of like I have to live my purpose. Okay. Like it was less like individual things, but it was like I'm made for more and I need to stop pretending like I'm not I need to stop like being so scared of like other people's opinions or like making a mistake and that didn't go away it wasn't like overnight I was like I don't care like (laughs) judge me like it wasn't like that at all but it started like with little things like I I started to see like some areas of my life where I was out of integrity um and so I kind of was like working on that um and then you know, they told me this is a, this is a weight issue. Mm. Like at the time they're like, if you just lose weight, like it will go away. Um, and I'm still skeptical of that. Like I did lose a lot of weight and it didn't necessarily go away. The real changes happened when I started working on the emotional, like I started getting like going to healing sessions with my mentor and, you know, like therapy and like resting and loving myself and looking at the childhood trauma. And, you know, there's Mm -hmm. like so much I could say here. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's when like within three months of really doing the healing work and doing all of those different modalities, that's when I went in and they were like, your vision is safe. You're in the clear. You're good to go. Um, And so I still like wonder if maybe it's a little bit weight related, but I think in general for me, it was like embracing my intuitive gifts that like mm-hmm. I grew up with that I had for so many years that I was kind of like pushing down, um, letting myself really like connect with people, be vulnerable. Like it was, I think like all diseases like that, like mm-hmm. it's emotional. Like the best thing you can ever do is like take mm-hmm. care of yourself and work on all of those little things that like may have happened to you when you were younger or things that you experienced. Um, and so I just realized one day I, I kept going to the doctor and eventually I just stopped going to the doctor because it was like they weren't they were looking at all these individual symptoms and they weren't helping me and as much as angry as that made me and as upset like sad as it made me it was it was kind of that like enough is enough point and I'm like I have to find an alternate way to do this because I'm not being heard Mm -hmm. um and I even owned up I'm like so proud of myself but at one doctor's appointment I'm like you're not listening to me and I'm not doing this Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this anymore and that was very hard for me you know I've been a people pleaser my whole life so me just even saying like I am not doing this anymore 
um, and, and being comfortable walking away from doctors and saying yeah. like, I'm going to really look at this. I'm going to, you know, be more spiritual. I'm going to be more trusting. I'm going to lean into like faith. And it was just like everything shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a complete, you know, complete shift. Um, and I just started having better relationships with clients you know, making more money, like all of these things, like from, from looking at like the childhood trauma and like all of these things, it was like, it wasn't just, I, I healed myself. It was like so much deeper than that. Like things in my life started working, like my relationships got better. Um, so technically you started really doing the law of attractions. Yes. Yes. You know, there's 12 Mm -hmm. law of attractions. A lot of people just only know about the one because of the the movie, the secret, but there's really 12 laws of attractions and you started implementing all that into your life and things started changing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I started, it sort of like became an obsession with like personal development Mm -hmm. and eventually like that kind of backed off a little bit because it started to become like achieving Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so I think like it's hard and I know you guys have even talked about this on your podcast but like I think a lot of people like we want to hustle and I think there's a place for that absolutely but for me it's been almost the opposite it's been I'm learning how to rest Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to breathe I'm learning how to take time Mm -hmm. off I'm learning how to stand up for myself Um, because those things when I started working on those things my business like it got so much better Mm -hmm. my life experience got so much better Um, so I I appreciate the hustle um, and I and I absolutely believe in working hard but sometimes for me it's like knowing almost like when enough is enough and and like Mm -hmm. pushing myself but not like what was happening is I was putting so much pressure on myself all the time and what's so interesting about this is that the issue is the pressure in my head. Mm. Yeah. And still to this day, if I'm putting too much pressure on myself, I'm angry at myself, I feel like I could have done something better, I'll get a headache. I get mm. a pressure it's headache. Like a reminder. Right. Yeah. And so it's like a little like reminder of like, Danny, you better check yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a constant like, I don't want to use the word battle. It sometimes feels like that, but just learning like almost how to conquer myself if that makes sense but not push myself too hard like I don't have to conquer the world like and one thing that I really want to say that I've only really realized in the last year is when I say life purpose I think a lot of times we think it's like this big magical thing where we're changing the world and for a long time I had a really hard time being just a designer I would say it like that I'm just a designer and people Mm -hmm. would say you're not just a designer Mm -hmm. because I felt like I had to be like like a life coach or like a I had to like change the world. And I think one person said to me one time, like, did you know that your life purpose could literally be like having a baby, like being a mom, like that could be a life purpose. And I don't say that like it's a little thing, but I just think I was never thinking of it like that Mm -hmm. because the stress, a lot of the pressure I was putting on myself is like, I have to figure out life. Like I have to like, Oh my God. Yeah. And I think that for me, it's being okay with where I'm at and stepping away from the hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, I will work hard, don't get me wrong, I will work hard, but there's a time and a place for that for me. Well, we talked did, about that. Yeah, but you know, and there, there's a balance to everything, mm-hmm. right? Totally. And everybody hustle is different. Like, yes. every, like you've, you apparently found your gift. You've, yes. You're walking your true path, and I talk about that a lot. And like your capacity is not the same with mine. Your Absolutely. your path is not the same as mine. So, you know, it, it is a balance and everybody has. Yeah, we talk about hustle and, and all that all the time. But my hustle is different than everybody else's. Yes. But I also have a balance in my life. Like I know when to rest. I know yes. when to slow down. I know yes. when to take care of myself. I did I not. Well, well, 
but that's I had the to learn it the hard way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I did too. Yeah. I'm, don't get me wrong. I did too. But that's that goes along with knowing your path mm-hmm. and learning yourself and loving yourself, like how you were just talking about, yes. and finding all these things about yourself. Right. Yeah. Once once we get to that point, then you know everything does start to fall in line. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a big lesson. I mean, it was the. I mean, by far the scariest thing I've ever mm-hmm. been through. But I would not take it back because it. Like, I was not okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say that. Like, I was emotionally not okay. Like, I almost didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was too right. much. Like, just carrying life and, like, trying to make it all the time. Like, it was just too much. And then when I started, you know, working on all this stuff and healing, it was like I found actual joy. Like, I n- had never known what that right. was. Like, I didn't know what joy was. I didn't know what it felt like. And I remember somebody asking me, like, four or five years ago, like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, fun? Like, I don't even know how to do that because it was always like achieve and like do more and Mm -hmm. be successful and make your parents proud and make so prove so and so Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, And so, yeah, I was just pushing myself to the point of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this year I focused on working less and almost putting the majority of my effort into my self-care like and you know people self that word those words are like so overused but I mean like I don't mean like bubble baths or like getting my nails done I mean like internal work which is really real work really hard Mm -hmm. and really scary but you're facing those demons I mean yes we all have childhood trauma I mean I feel like I've met amazing people especially just on this podcast that I'm like shocked to hear and, and it's like why am I shocked because mm. you know we all come from our, our parents you know the background of like you know quitters don't, don't win yes. and, and don't be a loser and don't do this and don't quit and do and, better and than me do better and you yes. have to do good in school and, and you have to eat all your food and like now people are dealing with obesity people are dealing with being a failure you know that the, everybody's a winner now like and it's like well no like we need to face that when you fail it's okay yes now get your butt back up and try again or you know absolutely it, it's you're not failing you're learning a lesson you're learning experience like and i i, I now tell my kids that all the time like i'm a hot mess like it's okay like Mm -hmm. i want you to try something if you don't like it try something else just don't give up don't give up you know find your dream not everybody can get out you know you know as a childhood and and know what they want to do in life and that's okay um and that's the sad part is like we we were raised by parents that didn't know any better but just to push 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 and then now we all have childhood drama and they they mean they mean well like our parents like don't want us to experience the same things that they experience so they do whatever they can to keep you but it's so funny because like my mom she didn't want me to be like her. She didn't want me to make the same mistakes. And you want to know what? I made all the same mistakes (laughs) because it was drilled into me. Like, I don't say this to blame her, but like it was drilled into me like, you know, don't do this and don't do this because I did it. And it's like, but all you've modeled to me Mm. is this. So the only thing I know how to do Mm-hmm. is that but you know I had to learn that like I had to make those same mistakes and then learn how to forgive myself you know I think it's good to share like your experiences you know my mom would say don't have kids young well did that um, <laughs> but no I think it's good to share like of course this yeah. is how, what I went through now maybe you won't I don't know but I think it's a great story to tell Absolutely. You know? right. and, and these are other options like I wish I would have known about uh, so much you know all the way down to like having a business opening a business and how to do taxes for God's oh sake and how the benefit nightmare. it is versus like hiding everything and not trying to tell the government you make money yeah that's such a key thing I wish my parents had taught me some stuff you yes. know and I think that's why we're blessed we have a voice now and we're yes. able to teach people that yeah. It's okay to be a fuck, you know, fucked yeah. up. 
Yes, you know, the we're work, all fucked up. Work in progress. <laughs> no, work in no progress. No matter how hard your parents tried, you're most likely a little fucked up. Yeah, it's just the way it is. it is. I mean, life is hard. Yeah. What is it? Life's not hard, but it's simple. What do you, just, what do you always say? Life is... <laughs> life is simple, not easy. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard because, you know, you, you want to be the most successful. You want to be this. You want to be that. But like he said, not, every, not we're not all on the same path. No. Right. And we have to find that lane. And I, and it, I love hearing that you are now working on your inner self. I know it's an, it's a forever journey. Um, cause even when you feel good, there's going to be days you don't right. and, and that's going to affect the totally. creativity. And that's, I wish we just had more compassion yes. for that. I always joke like old Danny is here today. Yeah. Like things that you feel like you've healed, that you've mm-hmm. worked on, um, like come to the surface Isn't and you're like, didn't I like, <laughs> I thought I handled this, Um, but it's just a reminder of like how far I've come. Like I still have days where I'm like super anxious or sad or very worried of like blowing some small situation into a big situation, you know, things like that. And it's like, okay, Danny, like, do you feel it's the childhood? Oh, one thousand percent. You have to tell her like you're good enough. You're fine. Like everything's fine. Yeah, I sometimes like do a visualization where like I just like hold little me, like Mm -hmm. four year old me, and it's like so therapeutic like it's so nice mm-hmm. because all your inner child needs is to be like loved yeah. and talked to Accepted. um absolutely um because we all just anytime we get triggered like that's mm-hmm. we go back to being our kids right. the sad part i feel bad for those that don't realize that that is something that we deal with and any everybody i think deals with it and denial like no i don't have that issue or i'm fine oh my gosh, yeah. and having to be successful and overachiever and it's like you know it's it's really sad to watch it because it's yes. like you know you hope that they figure it out eventually. Well, a huge part of the healing for me has been like recognizing that I have my own mm-hmm. shit, and so a lot of times, like if something's going wrong, like like I was mentioning the thing about like a client is not paying me, it's like they suck, like they're not paying me, like blah 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 blah. But then I realize like it's actually like more me, mm. like you know, like sometimes you just have to be like, oh, I did do that. Like, mm-hmm. if I would have done this differently, then, you know, so it's just a, and that's hard, like our ego, mm-hmm. like we don't, and the more awareness you can develop, like the better, like relationships and just life experience in general mm-hmm. that you'll have. If you can really like look at your own stuff and be like, oh, like I am a little this or I am a little that, but don't judge mm-hmm. it. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. like mean anything about you just because like you're a little selfish sometimes or but you're it, a little, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's okay. Like there, you don't have to judge yourself for being that, you know, it helps you also understand others. I think when you realize, Oh shit, like I'm a mess. Okay. And this is how I healed. And then you look at someone else, you're like, I know what's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And they'll get there. And you don't take it as personal. Exactly. That's, that's the key. Oh my gosh. That's like the biggest thing is not taking it personal. Especially as an artist. We, we wear our hearts on our sleeves. Yes. No, and, and we, and we do it. And I want people to, to also know, like, because I don't know how old you are, but you look I'm pretty 31. young. You're 31. Yeah, okay, you're yeah. young. You're a baby. You're a baby. But it's great that, you know, I you like figure. The same age. You, <laughs> where's my laugh track? <laughs> I have a laugh track in here somewhere. Anyways. Where's, my, where's that paint pole? He's stupid. <laughs> But it's great that you you figured all this out at a young age, because mm-hmm. uh, I want people to know that it's never too late to figure it out, yeah. right? Because I'm 51, and and I think I've told this story, my story, a, a few times. Um, I, I'm 51, and this year is probably the happiest I've ever been in my life. 
Um, not saying I, like having my kids wasn't happy and all that, right? Those are great moments that you know obviously we'll never forget. The inner self, the inner self happiness mm-hmm. is is this year was the first year I've ever felt mm-hmm. that. Over the last couple of years, I was in your situation to where I didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, not to say I had these like suicidal thoughts, yeah, but totally. like I was just, I told if you this before. If I didn't before. wake up, I'd be fine. Yeah. It didn't feel good. Like, yeah. if I didn't wake up, I would be totally fine. The way I explain like, it is like, I didn't want to commit suicide, but I started to understand why people did. Does right. that make yeah. sense? Like, I was oh, kind of like always super judgmental of that. I was like, how could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. 100%. And then one day, like after getting diagnosed, I was just like, Oh, you, you, right. Like you go I through stuff it. and you get yeah. why. No, I, I totally yeah. understand that as well. And, and I had those thoughts. I, for a long time, I had those thoughts. And that, I mean, that's why I, I kept saying that, like, okay, I'm cool. If I find God don't wake me up today, I'm totally fine. Cause growing up in entertainment, I always thought that I was just living this, this big life. Right. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't happy inside. I was always pleasing was people. Fake, and yeah. It was mm-hmm. super fake. Yeah. I was always pleasing people. This year, when I say I finally found my happy space, I mean, I created all these boundaries that I'm so happy mm, with. And I have so a couple. Right. <laughs> it feels so I, good. I, I, I have these people. Like, I have a couple of friends that's now, and I know they're going to listen to this, but that's okay. That They get mad at me because I have boundaries now. And that's yeah. like, I was talking to somebody like last week about this because I never understood what people used to say they didn't give a fuck, right? To me, it's like, no it's not like that. I don't care about you, but I really have zero fucks how you feel because yeah. it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has you know, to be about right? you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not it's like a survival, I'm a horrible you know? person, but yes. I really have zero We fucks. all have our own life. Like, there's yeah. so much I want to do in my life and I don't want anyone holding me back. So if, if someone crosses my boundaries and I say mm-hmm. no, it's like, I have zero fucks on how you feel. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for your emotions or your feelings yes. or your happiness. Yes. So, no, I don't care. Respectfully. Like, <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> I was just joking with a friend about this the other day because I think when we say boundaries, like we think that you start setting boundaries and you figure it all out. But what's funny, there's no like black and white when it comes to boundaries. So like sometimes you're going to push it too far and you might be an asshole. Like, you know, like I may be trying to set boundaries with a friend who's calling me all the time and like dumping all of their stuff on me or whatever. And so I may not, you know, I may ignore them for five or six days. Like I may have taken it a little bit too far, Mm -hmm. but there is, it's like you're figuring it out. Like as you go, like sometimes your boundary is going to be like really harsh or you're going to seem cold, but it's because for so long you've given Mm -hmm. too much of yourself. So now you're like. like I can't and you know that's where I'm at my my cup you know I gotta refill it I just literally told somebody this last week like look my first 50 years of life I've always been trying to please people like this next chapter of me, fifty one and yeah, on forward, and it's just it. me. <laughs> I don't care about nothing else no more. I gave fifty years to the world. Yeah. Like it's about me now. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Period. And I wish people would would listen and, and find that out sooner. Right. Because when you start living your life for you, all uh, the possibilities, so, yeah, all the amazing great. things happen. It, it, it is. Yeah. And so. I'm I'm barely into that. Like don't don't get me wrong. Like I, I barely am finding that, and I feel like I'm excited. You know, I have a lot of childhood trauma. Thankfully, you know, I'm at that point. I don't give, you know, like, yeah. I'm fine. But I still, I want to do stuff for inner work, like finding out. Like, I'm not in denial of my issues, but I'm wanting to figure out how to to yeah. get through it. Because, you know, it's still, like, the little Diana creeps back. I'm like, oh, I thought yeah. I got you away. <laughs> I think a lot of people, too, like, when you say childhood trauma, they think it has to be this big thing. Like, oh, childhood she got trauma, molested or she got hurt. Oh, or she, my gosh. Like, childhood trauma could be, you know, you said something and somebody 
was like, you're too loud. Like you need to shut up. And then for the rest of your life, it's like, you're afraid to speak up for yourself. Like that small little thing that you may not even remember now affects you for the rest of your life. That's a trauma. I was raised um, in a very strict household and and I wasn't able to be myself. Mm. And that's where I'm like, so I'm, you know, or I was told that too, you're too loud. You're too, you're too wild. You're too this. And and so I was afraid to, to be me. And I'm finally like, now this is me, y'all. Who's going to accept me? Are the people, are my people? If you don't like it, then you're not my people. And that's okay. Yeah. You got your own people. I got people that love me and that's who I want to be around. Yes. Yeah. That kind of reminds me like, one thing that's been really in my face lately is like this fear of like making my own decisions. I think for like my whole life, it's like my parents, like they just want to help me. Like if you're listening, I'm not complaining about you. I love you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) But like, you know, um, they they don't want me to experience the same things they went to, went through. So sometimes like they'll judge me on like mistakes that I make or like decisions that I make Mm -hmm. and so lately it's like I literally like went to visit my family last week and it was really hard because there was a lot of judgment about like you know where we're getting married and what we're doing for our wedding and what the bridesmaids are Mm -hmm. like all these little things and I really had to just kind of every few minutes like maybe not every few minutes that's a lot but like a couple times a day like going to the room and take some deep breaths and I'm like I am cool I'm not making bad decisions like these are my decisions but that stuff will just like take you completely out of yourself like in a moment like somebody will can I live my life yeah make a comment (laughs) and it starts making me like question everything that I know about myself it's like oh did I do that or did I make a mistake and it's caused a lot of anxiety in my life and so like really the last month or so it's every day it's like I am confident in my decisions like Mm -hmm. I believe in myself and even if I make a decision that's not the best decision like I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna learn because I always learn yeah and I've always Always. been fine I've always survived you always you always make it out okay and that's what I thing like people give up so quickly and it's like man if you just waited two more days or four more days but yes we just talked about this on our live last mm-hmm. podcast um there's no success without failure Mm-mm. so you have to make bad decisions it's not even How failure gonna, right, like, it's not like more the more i think about it like it's really been impacting me lately it's like nothing i've ever done that i thought was a mistake was a mistake it's like a very yeah. freeing Mm-hmm. thing because if I didn't make all those mistakes you like wouldn't be who you are today. it's like right. if you don't pay your electric bill and they shut it off it's like you're gonna learn that lesson like I would prefer to not learn lessons the hard <laughs> way but you're gonna learn it yeah and you're never gonna do it again like if you don't pay your taxes and they come after you like you're gonna learn it yeah so it's not the end of the world you can anything yeah. can be re you know fixed or, or yeah it's just adjusted. like a it's moving you to where you need to be. It's like a course correction. It's creating it's like, that tough skin. Yes. Exactly. So so what's what's next for Danny Alexander? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um not just interior design. This is for Danny. <laughs> She's like, uh so She's like, like I said, <laughs> yes, that is true. Um we're getting married in February. You know I'm a wedding planner. I know. But we're, <laughs> but we're getting married in Mexico oh, and they I'm a hook you up. Wedding planner as well. Oh my gosh, they hook you up with a wedding planner. It's not been the greatest experience. No, because she's a venue planner. She's not a yes. she's not a Danny in what's your husband's name again? Mason. Mason planner. She's yeah. the venue planner. So you need someone that's on your side too. Just saying. Yeah. Oh no. Someone well, that's your best little, friend. Little plug there. Little shameless plug. Um, <laughs> you got two fireplaces. I do weddings. Yes. We gotta have some kind of plugs in here. Oh my gosh, the two fire. I'll never look at a fireplace without thinking of that ever again. Oh. You're um, burning her memory. <laughs> I don't know what's next. I mean. You want to so, travel? Oh, definitely. I definitely want to travel. Oh my gosh. All these things. All the above. Um, so like I said, like I've been sort of doing this healing work for the last couple mm-hmm. of years and it's been so impactful, like so life changing, just like on another level. 
And um, for a couple of years, I did a little bit of coaching as well. I guess okay. it was only a year um, because I what? felt this. I was actually coaching weight loss, <gasps> which is like not what I would choose to coach now. But when I was diagnosed, I had to lose a bunch of weight. I did it. It was like a life changing thing for me. It was more than the weight. There was a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. I was doing just personal development in general. And so the girl, um, one of my closest friends, her name is April. She was run. She was my coach when I did the program. Um, and so then when we were done, she was like, when I was done, um, she's like, I really like love you and like your coaching skills. And she's like, you're coaching me. And I feel like I want to bring you on as like my mindset coach. Mm. Um, so I wasn't teaching weight loss. I was like working with people on their mindset. Um, and so I did that for like a year and then I really missed design. And so I wanted to go back to design. So my point of saying all this is that I know that I am a good coach and that I've learned a lot of things that I want to share with people. And I don't, but I also love design and I don't know how those things fit together right now. And it's also the healing work. Like I want to, you know, do this healing work on people. And I've had all of these like spiritual gifts and been like an empath, like ever since I was like teeny tiny. Mm. So I feel like these, all these pieces sort of fit together somehow. Um, And I've put a lot of pressure on myself in the past to kind of figure out how, and I just don't think I'm going to know. So I'm just going to I think, but interior design, like he said, as a topic is that, you know, when you, when your space is aligned, whether it's feng shui or anything like that, when your space is aligned, it's the colors, it's the way it's, you know, designed, you feel better. I mean, when my house gets clean, I feel better. I always use that as an example. Like, how do you, like, people are like, how is it emotional? I'm like, do you know how you feel when your house has been a mess for a week Mm -hmm. and then you clean it and you're just like, even the simple clean but even the simplest thing like what they first teach you is like make your bed first thing in the yes, morning right because it, it accomplished two things one you you, you accomplished a simple task your first task of the day yes. so you can go to the next mm-hmm. task but then when you come home you walk into a room or your bed it's and it's together you feel great mm-hmm. i make my bed every morning i've done that for years i mm-hmm. pretty much never make my bed i'm just gonna out myself like ever oh, wow. yeah cool. it probably drives mason insane like he's yeah. just like well, my bed has to be made. I'm half and a half. See, my husband's not the neatest person, so I've I've picked my battles with certain things, yes. and so like sometimes those things just I'm like, eh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. There's but some people the floor, like my dad's okay. like that. Like no matter what, mm-hmm. like he could clean nothing in the house, the but military. like the bed is always yeah, made. My bed, and, and that's the first thing I do in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm no, I take it back. I go make my coffee as my coffee's getting made. Uh, I go make my bed and that has to be made mm-hmm. ha- Maybe I even start when I get out the that. shower like I have to my bed has to be made so I can lay my clothes out and everything on the mm-hmm. bed to where I'm taking with me that has to be done gotcha. like, yeah. yeah that makes total sense yeah so I don't know like I I do feel like clients have been brought to me lately that are maybe going through something emotional mm-hmm. like it's so interesting like how that happens or maybe they're struggling with like a disease or like bad mm-hmm. health or something and so like I'm able to like do the healing work on them or or share like maybe give them the information of my mentor whatever like I think that everybody that you work with like we get so caught up on like oh well they didn't want to work with me or whatever it's like the people that are supposed to work with you will work with you Mm -hmm. and it's like the hardest thing to accept like we take it personally like people tell me all the time like my pricing's too high like we all are going to hear that stuff you know I'm sure you hear that all the time I think that is where an area I do not struggle with is 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 feeling that way because I feel like I said our people are our people. Yeah. And I've realized that I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make my rent. I'm going to, yes. you know, pay for my bills. I'm going to be eat today. Like I feel yes, that totally. and I'm okay. So I want to work with people that want to work with me yeah. now pricing y'all like mm. you're not paying for this very moment. You're paying for the experience. Yes. 
what we went through to go to school oh my gosh all yeah. that years of us learning and that's why we are where we are mm-hmm. now you can take the chance and go hire someone that's less and hopefully yeah. it works out but then you've seen those memes where they say yeah. what you want and what you got because yeah. you didn't want to yeah. pay the price Facts. and i know for me i'm willing to make you know payment plans like i'm going to work yeah. with you if you really want to work with me i'm gonna work with you yes but I, do I deserve my price? Yes. So I feel like you should stick to guns. But you are working. I don't know if you realize it, but when you are meeting your clients and you're hearing the stories, same thing with my, my brides, you're already healing work. Oh, yeah. You already incorporated that. Maybe you don't I'm realize it. <laughs> it's true. You don't yeah. realize it, but you are. You already, because people are walking away either feeling different about themselves, feeling great about their space. And if they don't hire you, they still got a nugget from you. Yes. You planted a seed. I so you're an amazing, already you're an amazing spiritual leader. Thank you. Thank you. That it goes back to that life purpose thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be this big thing. Like sometimes your presence is enough. But what I was going to say about pricing is that somebody like probably a couple months ago said, you know, you're really expensive. And at first I was like taking that in, like it was a really bad thing. And then I started thinking about it (laughs) and I was like, you know what? That actually feels really good. Like I'm expensive because I think that when somebody's paying you to do a service like this, that's so emotional, which by the way, most people do not know how much it takes are like, mm-hmm. but so you're going to charge this much to choose furniture for me. It's like, I wish that's all I was doing. I don't mm-hmm. really, but it's like, it takes hours and hours and hours yeah. of emotional mm-hmm. effort. It's like, I am not going to put something in your space until it's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that comes at a cost. And yeah. also you're working with the people, you're managing the people. And mm-hmm. so I tell people like, I want the price to stretch you a little bit out of your comfort zone because it is an investment. Yes. It not just in your space, but it's, it means a lot for somebody to invest in a service, yeah. especially for filling their home. So mm-hmm. I want it to stretch you a little bit. I want it to scare you a little yeah. bit. Do I want it to like put you into debt? No, no, absolutely not. And if somebody, if we're not a right match, we're not a right match. Like that's why I get on the phone with people mm-hmm. before we even meet and we figure mm-hmm. out like, are we a good fit? But I also, like, I'm owning, like, I'm expensive. And I'm actually, mm-hmm. comparatively to a lot of people, I'm actually not, especially you give based options. on like, the experience Like, here's the package A, package B, package C, what fits your budget. Exactly. And I like that. I, well, I went on your website. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and I designed it that way because I want to work with people who maybe don't have the like the but money. But they really want to but work they, with you. And you know what? It's like sometimes we make judgments. I'm sure you do this too. Like we can't help it. Like as humans, we make judgments, but we'll decide like, oh, they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I have people who I think can't afford me like based on their home or based on whatever. And they are the ones that it means so much to them. Like they mm-hmm. pay for it and it means so, like it's like they're excited. They're like almost crying when we mm-hmm. first meet because they're so excited because mm-hmm. it just means like so much more. Um, and so, yeah, I want it to like stress people just a little bit yeah it's like if I've ever paid for a coach it was the scariest shit ever I was like I, I owe you thousands of dollars like yeah I owe you thousands like it's very scary but it also feels really good to like do something for yourself like yeah. that like I always say that like my workouts like I always joke like my workouts are paid for like my healthy food is paid for because mm-hmm. those things are investments in myself yes. Um, and so I think about that with design. It's like your money is going to come back to you. And they're going to, they're going to, they're going to respect and honor that, that space more than if you just, you know, cause she doesn't go to TJ Maxx y'all. She's not right. like going to go and like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, half-assed stuff. This is like, you're yes. spending hours, you have catalogs or internet sources that you're having to go through and having to pick that perfect piece, measuring measurements. Yes. There's so much to it besides the education, besides the experience that you're, you know, and then just owning a business here in California, California. 
is ridiculously priced in taxes yes. and all these, you know, programs. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure you have to have like different software that you use for design. Absolutely. And it's yes. a yearly subscription that you're paying for and your CRMs. Yes. And if you're staffing people, like they don't see that part. And the people that respect that and, and whether they're just, you know, they in the affordability you know, category or they're the ones that are like high end, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's they're still providing that amazing, yes. you know, um, untouchable service that yes. most people don't give, and people don't have that ethic anymore. So you're giving that ethic because yeah. you're a perfectionist. Yeah, and I think it's hard. Like you know, when you own a business, you have to really like. I've been really working on this lately, like learning how to communicate your value. Mm -hmm. And I've been wondering lately. You know, I'm getting on the phone with like five or six people a week to talk about my services, mm -hmm. and some of the pushback that I get sometimes is like well, it's expensive. And it's like, well, I must not have communicated the value yeah. because we don't know, people don't know when they hire me how many hours it takes. They don't mm. know that it takes 14, 16 hours sometimes to put a room together, like mm -hmm. from throughout the whole process. And you can't blame them for that. No. Like they don't know. Um, like when you hire a plumber, like I'm pretty sure plumbers don't, <laughs> don't work hourly, but it's like, oh, it's $50 an hour, but you don't know that it could be five hours. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I have to do this technical thing and I mm -hmm. have to buy this. We don't know like yeah. what it takes. Like, I don't know what it takes to plan a wedding. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, oh, it's gonna be $10,000. I'm like, that's super expensive. I don't know. Yeah. And so I think like when I hire a professional, I have to tell myself like when it feels expensive, I'm like, I actually have no idea what they're doing. Now it's right. always good to price, you know, to get multiple, I'm always that person. Yeah. Like, Give me multiple prices and explain to me what you're doing. Yes. Um, because, you know, wedding planning is like a, a full-time job yeah and you should start like at least a year out yeah. if not more so I always tell people that you know do you have time to work at like a full-time job yes you know it is a lot of work I love doing it yeah I have all the contacts I have vendor lists do you like you're literally looking for people when I have it so you kind of save money yes. Yes. right you save time and that's yeah. what they don't realize like you're the one doing the shopping yeah. they're just sitting back approving yep that's what I want no that's not what I don't want exactly they don't have that outlet yes. you can't go to ethan allen or you know these other furniture yes. places and they're gonna guide you yes which is by the way did you ever take your clients to other stores when i worked for that one yeah. store i didn't no no oh my god i would do that sometimes <laughs> that's so funny but it was hard that like, i didn't I there's like a sofa at this store that's gonna be way better yeah well right. one thing for me is like i love art i love accessories and they didn't have that stuff yeah. so i never felt like i was able to put the finishing touches yes. so when i started my own business i was like really excited about like like one thing i'm that I specialize in is like using color. Like yes. a lot of people are really scared of using color. They don't want to overdo it. They don't want to underdo mm -hmm. it. Um, and so whenever I moved into my own business, I was like this is really exciting because I can use color. Mm -hmm. Like it was more like I don't want to use the word conservative furniture, but it was like a little bit more like less modern, more neutrals, more traditional. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of like brown leather and things mm -hmm. like that. And I'm very much like kind of in the opposite direction of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean I don't work on neutral spaces, but um, I I think color is good because. First of all, it brings energy to a space and excitement to a space. Like if I'm ever working on a home office, that's like probably one of my favorite things because you want to create like yeah, creative energy, yeah, like you want yes. it to feel good. You want it to Productive. maybe like one thing I really love for offices is like I want it to have different seating. Like I want to have a table and then I want to have a chair because if I'm going to be sitting in there all day, I have different moods. Like sometimes I'm going to want to sit in a mm -hmm. chair by the window and sometimes I want to sit in a table. So these are all like important factors. I don't even remember where I was going with this exactly. But I, <laughs> yeah. oh, I like to pull people a little bit out of their comfort zone, like right. just a little mm -hmm. bit. Like I want to show you a piece that like you may not have done, but it looks so good. And I tell you like, oh, this is the room I'm always in now. Yes. Tell me 
and we can't talk too many details <laughs> on this, but how fun was it designing the new space for Gabby and Tristan? Oh my gosh, so fun. I'm really excited. I actually have no idea when they're opening, but I think it is soon. I know right? when their grand opening is, but their soft opening. Should I should probably figure out where me? that is so I can go. I want to go. I told her, I was like, I need to know. Have they had the soft opening? No, it's not. Okay. I would. I was I like, girl, somebody <laughs> didn't tell me. No, I not gotta yet. be there. Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm like, can you like give me a heads up? I have to like walk in there and yes. take pictures and. I w- I'm yes. so excited. Like it was so cool. Like I, this is a great example of like working with people. So, Gabby, like a lot of times, like part of my job is like pulling out what people actually want. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, "I want like space, but I also want nature." And she's like, <laughs> "I don't know what that means." And I'm like, "I know what that means." <laughs> and I remember her being like skeptical, like you don't. There's no way you know what that means. And then I started sending her inspiration photos, and she was like, you "Oh know my what god!" That means. <laughs> um, and then it, what's funny is it it did end up space, but it completely like evolved and at one point like I don't know if she told you this but at one point like we were supposed to be ordering stuff like at that point like it was way beyond like when you're supposed to be ordering stuff and I had found some artwork and was like completely inspired I stayed up all night working on a brand new design and I was like they're gonna kill me like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go in there we're supposed to be ordering they're gonna kill me and I sat them down and I was like I'm doing you a disservice like this design that we've come up with is not the right thing and I want to show you a new design, and I know that's probably upsetting because we're supposed to be ordering, but I need you to trust me because this space is what you want. And it kind of ended up being this, like, space hippie vibe. Like, mm-hmm. I'm excited for everybody to see it. Um, but it's, like, very colorful, and there's, like, we got some local artists involved. Yeah. Um, and it was just really amazing. cool. Yeah, it, the mural is amazing. like, I to saw, so many levels. I saw a piece. You saw yeah. a snippet. I saw a snippet of it. She let me in one night, and I was like, oh. This was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I call it space hippie. And I was like, all the little touches. However, I got to talk to you off record because I want to add florals. You know, I did it in the wings in the modern tomb. I got to add something to it. Okay. Yeah. You got to like put your little beep, your part on. But I got to say this. 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 What do you got to say? Danny, you did it. Oh, we are over. <laughs> we are way, way over time. Oh, sorry. No, no, We're don't an hour be sorry. And a half, girl. You're, I, we've I actually never... forgot we were recording at one point, which I think is a good thing. That's no, awesome. listen. The longest show we've done was an hour thirteen, and I forgot who that was with. You're at an hour twenty-four now. Oh my god, I feel so honored to be your longest show. <laughs> I hope you advertise it as that. Like this girl did not stop talking. And, and honestly, I don't want to stop because you was talking about some good stuff. Like well, maybe we'll do a second we'll one one day. Oh, we have to. That's the, that's the whole point the of doing is, a second. Let's one. report this part: is that she literally was like, "I don't think I have anything to say." Yeah, she really. I did. don't know what I'm gonna say. I the whole like I was trying to prepare like mentally and I'm like if they ask me what I do like how do I say it like I was like completely like in my head about like what do I do like I don't easy, know what right? I do once we got going yeah are we easy, easy to talk easy. to yeah cool. and you make me laugh like the whole time and your whole dynamic is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and he has two fireplaces and we learned so much oh I'm a wedding planner oh my gosh technically three fireplaces but we Oh my gosh. Anyways, thank you guys for joining the One Life Podcast. But let's talk about it before we get out of here. If you guys have a, if you guys want to be on the show, if you guys have something to vent about, talk about, yeah, come hang out with us, you know, give us a shout out. Um, Call us at 747-999-8021. Again, 747-999-8021. Follow us on IG. Mine is One Life Brand. Diana's is Socialholic TV. And where can they reach you, Danny? 
So my Instagram is interiors with an S and then two underscores, mind, body, soul. I love it. Love it. Love it. So you guys check her out. I, I did check out your mm-hmm. IG and I loved it. I do love the colors because I am afraid of colors. That yes. being a the graphic no designer, fear. no, I know, but I love how you pull it together. We're right? bringing her to your house. There's it's a science. It's you a balance. You me. really have something so against my house. We huh? can gang up on him for the crosses. Oh yeah, guys. We can we're decorate each podcast for her at the house. We're going to show her <laughs> telling him what I've been saying so we can be on the same page. Anyways, peace out, y'all. Can we do the office first? The studio here, I mean? Yeah, I got that. Oh. <laughs> That's nothing. I already know what I want. Easy peasy. Anyways, Danny, thank you for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. I loved your story. Congratulations on everything. Yeah, Congratulations you. on your success. Oh, Congratulations. Your yeah, on your engagement. Oh, thank you so much. Congratulations on your healing journey. Yes. Oh. I really love that story. That was a pretty amazing. Uh, thank, thank you so much for having me. Down the elevator. We are out of here, you guys. We're going down to the lobby, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike and Diana, host of the One Life podcast, believe that most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike and Diana want you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life podcast to your playlist that's the number one in e life available on spotify amazon music apple podcast and your favorite podcast platform